teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want to start in Hebrews 4, verse 16. It says, Let us therefore, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Underline that word, obtain. Obtain mercy and find grace to help. So he's talking about coming to God to obtain. And that's really what it is. Prayer is what it is. That's one thing prayer is about. Now, not only that's not the, the, the total definition of prayer, but coming to God and talking, thing, talking with Him is prayer, talking things over with God, not just talking to God, but talking with Him. Prayer is to be a dialogue, not just a monologue. In other words, we're to be hearing from God in our prayer time. Amen. Either through His Word, Him directing us to His Word, or the Holy Spirit giving us guidance and direction. Without that, I would be nowhere close to where I am in my fellowship with God. It would just be a, a, a religious ritual or something, you know. But notice Hebrews 4.16, come boldly. That's how you go to God in prayer. And we're going to look at some things that will help you come boldly tonight. Come boldly, come boldly to a, the, the throne of grace. We might obtain mercy. Amen. And find grace to help. In other words, the, the throne of grace is the getting place. It's where we go to receive from God. Now, in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, let's look at the 10th chapter also, verse number 1, Hebrews 10 and verse number 1, and then uh, we're going to look at some verses later, but it says, the law, 10, Hebrews 1, uh, 10 verse 1, the law having a shadow of good things to come. That's what we're in, the good things to come. Yes. Having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, back there under the law, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Right in there, comers. Make the comers. In other words, those who come to God. Well, we're, we're to come to God. Look at, that's uh, chapter 10, verse number 1. Let's go down to verse number 16. This is the covenant. God said this, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their heart and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. God's talking about this covenant. He said, I'll not remember their sins or iniquities anymore. Amen. Aren't you glad he's forgotten it? If he doesn't remember it, he, that means he's forgotten it. So don't go talking to him about it. If, it. if it's under the blood I'm talking about. Now, verse 18, where remission of these is, sins are, there is no more offering for sin. In other words, all your good, good deeds or penance or whatever you tell God you'll do without for, for three weeks because you sinned, that's worth nothing to him. There's no more offering that you can offer for your sin. Because Jesus' blood already paid that price. Now notice verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. Boldness. That's how we're to come to God. And there's a reason for that we'll see here tonight. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. To enter into the presence of God, in other words. The holy, the holy of holies was where God's presence dwelt in the Old Testament. And that's all typology for us in the New Testament, coming to God. His, we go to the throne of grace. The throne we go to is in heaven. Yes. 
Somebody said, well, I can't go to heaven. Well, in your heart you can, and you can approach His presence. Come to heaven, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. The blood of Jesus is the way. That's how you come. You come through the blood. The blood speaks of your righteousness. It speaks of your redemption, and it speaks of your rights to come into the presence of God without guilt, without shame. And God, it speaks of God being able to treat you as if sin had never existed. No marks on you, no mars on you, no stains, no guilt. The blood speaks of righteousness. So we come boldly through the blood, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. He has consecrated for us through the veil, let us say His flesh. Verse 21, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Draw near. You might want to underline that. Have we come boldly and we draw near. With a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. So he's talking about coming to God and uh, coming with, uh, with His Word in your mouth, holding fast the confession of your faith, coming to God with, your, with your, His Word in your mouth. Amen. We'll see that as we go. Amen. So um, the, notice there, he said, the comers back there in verse number 1, chapter 10, verse number 1, those are, are those, who are the comers? They're the people that can come to God because they have been given access to God to make their approach to Him because of their faith in the blood. You and I can approach God. God is now approachable. It shouldn't be that you and Him never talk. You and I are to be entering into His presence through faith in the blood and because uh, we, we have access to Him, they, um, we ought to know that through the Word of God. Amen, that He's approachable. And we ought to do it with great confidence and boldness. Amen, to approach Him. Because uh, there's a way. Jesus made the way through His blood. And He's the high priest. And He's passed from, from here into the heavens. And is there in the house of God as a mediator between God and man, isn't He? As the mediator, not a mediator, the mediator between God and man. And we know that he's easily touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In fact, let's go back there to the fourth chapter. Maybe we should have started back there. Uh, verse number 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Amen. In other words, our confession is the way the Greek says, confession of faith. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He's compassionate. That means touched with, uh, touched with your infirmities. Uh, that, the same Greek word, touched with, uh, uh, it says he, he, we have not a high priest which cannot. Two negatives cancel out one another. So we do have a high priest who is. Touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That word touched with the feeling of our infirmities is from the Greek word uh, compassionate. He's, he's compassionate Amen. with what you're going through. Amen. So you're not going to get a whip and a stick when you come to Him. You and I should be coming knowing that He is a tender, merciful God. 
and that he's compassionate. He's been here in the flesh. He knows the temptation of the flesh. He was tempted in all points like as we are, and he knows and understands. So he's not going to be uh, hard. He's going to be compassionate and understanding. And with that being, knowing that, knowing because of the blood and knowing that we have a high priest there, we ought to be coming. We ought not just get up in the morning and dart out the door. Now, it doesn't have to be in the morning, you understand. But I like to put, it for, put him first before anything, you know. But whatever, you know, make sure that you're not just, uh, you're just kind of God's in a galaxy far, far away, and all you do is go to church and hear the Bible preach, but you never talk things over with him. It takes faith to go into an empty room, close the door, and start talking into the air and believe, and he'll start talking to you. Has it come to that? Has it come to faith? Oh, my goodness. But if you reach up, he'll reach down. You call, he'll answer. You ask, you'll receive. You seek, you'll find. You knock, it'll be open. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You say, I don't know how to hear his voice. Well, somebody say, tell me how to hear his voice. I can't tell you that. You're going to have to learn to know his voice on your own. But go to him and start asking him, Lord, teach me. Teach me to walk with you and hear your voice. And here's a thought. Be a bold comer. Amen. Come to him in faith. I said, come to him in faith. Well, I never hear him talk to me. I mean, I tried praying sometime. It just doesn't, I don't know. I don't know how to hear his voice. Oh, so he doesn't talk to you then. Huh? Why don't you say something in line with the Word rather than say something that you feel? Amen. My sheep know my voice. And strange voices they don't follow. I am his sheep. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God. Where to be a comer? I'm amazed. I, I, I wouldn't dare ask many people about their prayer life because sometimes whenever I do find out, I get shocked. They just kind of dart through their, out the door in the morning. They don't really start their day talking to God. I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to be mean on anybody, but you men are especially a bad culprit of that. I don't know. I don't know what it is about men. They kind of have the idea, well, that praying stuff, that's the women's, stuff, that's the women's job, and me, I got to work, you know. No, it's a faith issue, not a woman or gender issue. Well, praise the Lord. I didn't know it was going to get mean on the devil tonight, mean on unbelief. But anyway, without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, if you don't believe it's good, you're going to get anything out of it, hence you don't believe he's a rewarder, then you're not going to be a comer to God. Make it any sense. You understand what I'm talking about? But faith people, they shut the door and shut and tune everybody out. Put the, put the cell phone on uh, airplane mode or something. And they say, now it's me and Jesus and nobody else. And I'm going to stay here in his presence, in his word, fellowship with him, praying in tongues, reading his word, whatever, reading a good book that has the word in it uh, until my heart is satisfied. And uh, talk things over with him. He wants to talk to you. He has so many answers. 
A lot of times people don't come to him, though. So that's why they're doing without, but he wants to. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. So be a good comer. Exercise some faith before him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We can come through the blood. There is real blood on the mercy seat in heaven that speaks of your redemption and your right to come. And that real blood, when you come with real faith, will give you real answers to real problems. Amen. Go to Ephesians 1.6. And uh, let's look at some more verses. Or let's, Well, let's just uh, look at this verse for right now. Ephesians 1.6. Tells us in verse uh, 6 here, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Verse number 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. We are accepted in the Beloved. The Beloved is Jesus. Made us accepted in, we could say in Christ, in Jesus. He's the, he's the one that's referred to as beloved. We're beloved also. But here he's talking about in Christ, we're accepted. I said we're accepted. So the throne room is a place of acceptance. You're welcome there. You have a royal invitation to come there. It's the power center of the universe. It's the place of all answers. It's the place where the, your youth is renewed like the eagle. It's the place where discouragement is turned into, let me add them. Everything you literally need, everything you could ever want is there. Joy unspeakable. His presence, in His presence is fullness of joy. You've been discouraged? There's, there's, a, there's a rich supply in His presence of joy. Peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Uh, he'll, he'll tell you, he'll give you insight into your, why you, you are, have been in a cycle and haven't been out, able to get out of it. Yeah, that's good. If that's your situation. I'm not saying that's your situation. I'm saying uh, any of these things, you can get, it can be amazing sometimes what he'll share with you and you'll go, oh my goodness. And it revolutionizes your whole life. I don't know why I'm thinking about it. I won't say what it was. I remember one time you came to me and you said, the Lord showed me in prayer why, why this has been going on in my life. I, I don't know. It was a while back, you might remember, why, why you kind of were the way you were. And, and it, it just helped you. Well, that's the way all of our lives should be. It should be a regular. Amen. I said amen. Well, praise the Lord. Why do I just keep eating and eating and eating and eating? Why do I get grumpy about every three weeks? Why do I get this dark cloud over my head from time to time and it hangs around for eight to ten days? There's answers for all that. So you are accepted at the throne you're accepted and the beloved. Not only is you, are you accepted and as far as your person, but your request is accepted at the throne. Hallelujah. Your request is accepted when it's brought through the blood, through Jesus, 
based on the terms of the covenant. Go back, to, go back to Psalm 34, if you can handle it. If you can't handle Psalm 34, you better go home right now. Or if you got any religion in you, you might want to just go ahead and go home right now. Go to Psalm 34, verse number 10. Psalm 34, and I'm going to need an amplified. I got it there on my seat, but if maybe, Ann, maybe if you have it. <clears throat> Psalm 34, this is in the King James, first of all. Verse number 10, Psalm 34, 10, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Amen. They that seek the Lord. They that seek the Lord. Listen to the Amplified. You sure you can handle this? Amplified, the young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who seek, inquire of, and require the Lord by right of their need, rights, by right of their need, and on the authority of His Word. Those who do that inquire and require of the Lord by right of their need and on authority of His Word. None of them shall lack any beneficial thing. So look in your life. Is there any area of lack in any area? I'm not just talking about finances. Lack of direction, lack of wisdom. Where, is there an area you keep making the wrong decision? Keep getting into wrong relationships? What, 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 what is it about? What, what, well, uh, inquire of the Lord and require of the Lord by right of your need and on authority of His Word, and you'll come out the other end of that not lacking that, that thing you need. L listen to that. On authority, inquire and require of the Lord by right of your need and by authority of His Word. Require of the Lord. Pastor, I can't require of the Lord anything. Oh, you just don't know. You just don't understand. The place given to us in prayer, listen to me very carefully. The place given to us in prayer is a standing before Him based on righteousness and based on covenant that we stand on an equal plane of rights as Jesus Himself. Now, that's hard for religious folks to swallow. But if you, you look at the Bible very closely, we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And we, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We jointly inherited a place before Him of rights, a place before Him of boldness, a place before Him of acceptance at the throne of grace, and our request, based on the covenant, based on the terms of the covenant, cannot be denied. Because it's not about you and me. It's about God and Jesus and the covenant that they made cut in Jesus' blood. Listen that guarantees the terms of that covenant. That covenant can't be broken because we didn't make it. Jesus and God made it. We got into it through faith. And that covenant gave Jesus everything the Father has. 
And we are, we are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus of everything he got. That has to dawn on your spirit, man. That, that knowledge has to dawn, not just, well, you, I heard it tonight. Well, no, just because you heard it doesn't mean it's real to you. Yeah. It has to dawn on you. Then, and you'll operate in faith in a place in prayer that you never imagined. You'll operate in a place of boldness that you never imagined. I've asked God for many things. I could tell you story after story after story tonight. Some of them not even for me. Some of them just for people that are close to me. Family. Can't do it out too far, but a certain distance. Save their thing, ask God for their life to be spared. And so they've been alive now for four, well, now it's five or six years longer than they were supposed to live. Doing well. Doing well. And absolutely amazing. Um, sometimes people here at the church. And some of them, I didn't even tell them. Some of them's life was spared. I'm thinking of one individual right now. I could tell you, I could rest the service, tell you stories about this. Things like this, I mean. Uh, situation after situation. Where in the spirit, I saw it. I saw what was happening. I saw what was going on. And I said, Lord, they, they've been a great help to, to the church. They've been a great help to us. And I pled their case. And spared their life. I mean, I'm talking about the doctor said there's just no hope. And, and it looked like for a long time they weren't going to come out. But if they're out of it today, doing good, great. Hallelujah. Sometimes I can do that. Sometimes I can't. I don't have anything to plead. And, and, uh, but, but people that are a vital part of this ministry bring a real supply. See, that affects me. And so, I, you know, I, I, ha I can come to God in some of those situations. Now, I can always come to God concerning my situation, but my authority can even extend into other people's lives. Amen. I had an individual come to me one time. I was preaching on some of these things, and, and they said, you know, while you were preaching, it dawned on me, mom and dad and two kids um, at that time, and they said, she said, uh, it dawned on me while you were preaching, every single member of my family, myself, my husband, and my two children, their, our lives have been spared at least once because of your prayer life. I said, let me think about it. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Praise God. And I said to him, pay attention to that. Right. The Lord didn't show you that just, just for no reason. Pay attention to that. Pay attention to that. You know what they did after that? Left. They didn't pay attention to that. Hello? Well, that's not too smart. I'm not trying to get on to anybody. I'm just saying that's not too smart. The Lord's not, uh, you know... Flip and casual and, and, and revealing things like that. He, he has a purpose for that. And so when he shares things, we ought to pay attention. Anyway, but um, this place of authority that we're talking about, this place of standing before God that we began to talk about last Wednesday night is a place that is given to us based on two things, based on righteousness and based on covenant. If you understand righteousness and you understand covenant, you'll understand this place of standing before God where you have rights based on his word. Now, what do you mean covenant? Well, covenant means uh, two become one, and everything that one has, the other one gets. 
In our situation, everything God had, he gave to us in covenant. Everything we had, we gave to him. We got the better end of the deal because all we had was sin, sickness, a messed up mind, messed up lives and everything. He said, I'll take all that. It was a great exchange. And so uh, we, have those, we have before him rights. And uh, everything that, see, this, 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 the word of God is covenant. These are not just words that God promised to, to uh, watch over. Remember, he said in Jeremiah 1, 12, I wa- King James says, hasten, but the Hebrew, I watch over my word to perform it. I watch over my word to perform it. Hallelujah. His word is his covenant. These words, especially the new covenant, New Testament, we're under, we're, Christians today live under a new covenant, the New Testament. The, you look in the first page right before Matthew 1, it says the, the New Testament. That means new covenant. Testament, covenant, same thing. So this, we live under a covenant with God. And that covenant has certain terms, provisions, rights, you know, and so forth and so on. And coming to God, we come based on His Word. Remember that, Psalm 3410? Based on, by, by the authority of His Word and by right of our need. If we have a need in line with His Word, something He said in this Word, this is not just something He said, I'll think about doing for you. This is covenant. This was sworn in blood. You realize every Word of God has blood on it. Blood purchased this book for us. Blood gave us these words. When God made covenant with Abraham, he said, split the animal in half, and, and he, walked, he walked like a figure eight around those halves, and he swore, said, by, by myself have I sworn, saying, blessing, I'll bless you, so forth and so on. He's walking in blood, swearing an oath. Somebody said, well, that was the Old Testament. Actually not. That was Abraham's covenant that we got into by faith. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament's really the laws, what, yes. what, what the Old yeah. Testament yeah. really was. Yeah. Amen. Well, we're going a little deeper into theology, but, but we have to understand some of these things. All effective prayer is done from this position of authority that you have before the throne of grace. Now, when I say authority here, I'm not talking about the authority we have over the devil. We do have authority over the devil, remember? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. There's a lot of verses like that in the New Testament. Well, the authority I'm talking about here is not authority over the devil, although we have that, but authority before God and with God in his presence. Someone said, you can't make God do anything you want him to do, not just any old little thing your whims you might come up with, but anything he said... Somebody said, well, you can't make him do anything. Who told you we have to? Yep, exactly. That's right. See, that's wrong thinking. Yeah, that's right. He wants to do these things. What he said in his word, you don't have to talk him into it. As if his disposition is such that, you know, you got to just twist his arm, twist his arm till he says uncle. You don't know him. These are things he longs to do. Actually, actually, can I just say it this way? Actually, upon request, coming to him based on the terms of the covenant, based on covenant and based on righteousness, he really can't say no. He would have to deny his word. 
Now, I'm not talking about you and I being outside of the terms of the covenant. I'm talking about coming in the terms of the covenant. It's really not his to deny. He's already given it. It's already given to Jesus, and we're in Christ, so it's really already given to us. It's not like he can say, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. Somebody said, well, I prayed and didn't receive. Well, that was on your end, but that wasn't on God's end. You understand? What we're, there's a difference there. People read there in Philippi, I mean, in First uh, Peter 3, 7, uh, I believe it's 7, 7 or 9, whatever that is. It talks about husbands dwelling with wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wives under the weaker vessel. Uh, uh, lest your prayers be hindered. Somebody says, well, there's one there. God, God wouldn't answer their prayer. No, 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 no. He didn't say God wouldn't answer it. He said what, what the man did hindered God from doing what he wanted to do. It wasn't on God's end. God didn't say, wait a minute, no, 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 no. He can't. He's already given. You can hinder it, but that's not God saying, I'm withholding. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Them that walk uprightly in the Old Testament was, was uh, you know, doing everything right according to the law. In the New Testament, they that walk uprightly are walking in all the light they have and walking in faith in the covenant and in, in their righteousness. They're, they're coming to God based on the blood. Okay, go to another verse. Go to another. Can, can you hand, I, listen, I haven't, got, I haven't even got off page one yet. Go to John 15, verse number 16. And again, I'll need the Amplified on this. John 15, verse number 16. You have not chosen... Let's, let's go back to verse 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will. And sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says maybe, sometimes he says wait a while. You ever heard that? Been reading the New Testament, actually the whole Bible, for over 30 years now. It's actually... 30, well, let's see, 1988. How's, well, that's 40 years. Is that 30 or 40 years? 40 years. And I haven't found that verse yet. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes maybe, sometimes wait a while. I haven't found that verse yet. No, sir. That's in the book of First Opinions 3.16. <laughs> Go look at your concordance and it's not in there. <laughs> Well, what does this say? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will, and it shall be done. Shall, not shall is not maybe. Shall's not sometimes. If he's in a good mood. No, it shall be done unto you. The only conditions are on our side, us abiding in him, making sure we're in good fellowship, so forth and so on. And notice what he said, it shall be done unto you. And let's go down, let's go verse 8. Herein is my Father glory. In what? In what? In having your prayers answered, getting answers to prayer. It shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. In other words, prayer fruit. We'll see that in verse 16. Go down to verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, not just ordained ministers, but all of us, Ordained all believers, in other words, that you should go and bring forth fruit. Somebody said fruit would be people getting saved. Yep, sure, that would be fruit. That, uh, you know, increasing the kingdom of God, sure, that would be fruit. But look at the context. That you should go and bring forth fruit, 
and that your, that we, uh, your fruit should remain that whatsoever, here's what he means, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. That's the fruit he's talking about in this reference primarily. We know there's other kinds of fruit. But primarily here he's talking about prayer fruit. What is prayer fruit? Well, let me, say, let me ask you this. If, you prayed, if you've been praying for 25 years for something and it hasn't happened, would that be fruit? So prayer fruits answered prayer. Successful prayer life. Remember James 5. Remember it talks about uh, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I said it avails much. Effectual, fervent prayer. James 5.16. Some of you looking at me like a cow at a new gate. (laughs) Effectual, fervent. Effectual means effective. God wants our prayer life to be effective. Oh, it's not that big a deal to me, Pastor. Well, wait, 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 wait. It is to him. If you understood the way God sees all this, it's huge because that's the only way he can get his will done down here. Somebody asks him. Besides that, he said in verse 16 here in John chapter 4, 15, verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I have chosen you and ordained you that you should get answers to prayer. This isn't a suggestion. This is what you're ordained to do. It's not an option. It's something we all ought to be learning better and better how to get our prayer life uh, to how to have an effectual prayer life. How to receive answers to prayer. None of, these, none of these verses that we've read, we've read some last Wednesday night, tonight, none of these verses ever talk about sometimes God doesn't say yes. All of them had said, you, you ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Remember last week? Wow. So you can have a prayer life to where everything you ask, you receive. Well, I'm going to ask for 10,000 oil wells. Huh? Well, I got quiet on that, didn't it? Oh, God's not going to give you 10,000 oil wells. Well, sure, He would, but see, you don't have the faith for it. That's the, that's the other side of the equation. Why don't you start on a pair of socks? Or maybe underwear that's not holy. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen. I don't know. I'm just saying. Start where you are in this. Okay, but listen, I went to that verse, John 15, 16, really to read the Amplified. You ready for the Amplified? There at the end of whatever you ask, you you know, uh, down there at the end, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Remember, we're talking about in his name. Remember, Jesus said, ask in my name. He may give it to you. Verse 16 in the Amplified. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name... As presenting all that I am, he may give it to you. So in my name, the Amplified clarifies that. In my name means, in the name of Jesus, of course, presenting all that I am. Jesus is talking. All that I am. Jesus. So when you're asking in the name of Jesus, you're not asking... In other words, you're coming to God, presenting all that Jesus is, not all that you are in yourself, you know, apart from Him. Am I, am I, come on now. You're not coming on your merits. 
You're coming on His merits. Remember last week? We're asking in the name of Jesus. This gives us more clarification what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. We're, we're, we're praying, presenting all that He is. So we're not presenting all that I, you know, I'm this, I'm that. I go to church every Sunday. I, 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 and God's up there. Just forget about you. All your righteousness, that's filthy rags. What about covenant? What about the one I have the covenant with? What do you have to say about him? What do you have to say about his blood? What do you have to say about the right standing that you have with him or in him before me? And so you, when you go to the Father, you say, Father, I want to thank you in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for Jesus, how he's, he's accepted me, and in the beloved, I'm accepted before you. It's all about him and your faith in him. Present who he is. He's accepted. I said, he's accepted. I said, he's accepted. If you're in him, you're accepted. And Jesus himself at the tomb of Lazarus said, I thank you, Father, you hear me always. So when you come to the Father in the name of Jesus, presenting all that He is, you're presenting the, you're, I want to thank you in Jesus' name, Father, that because you hear Jesus always, I'm in Him, you're here, you hear me always. Amen. Amen. If I ask, 1 John uh, 2, what is that, uh, down and through there, if I ask, 5, whatever it is, if I ask anything, 5, 14, 15, is that four, 5, 14, 15? If I ask anything according to His will, He hears us. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Anything. Well, I don't know if it's His will. Well, then you're up the creek without a paddle. You're not going to be bold if you don't know. Boldness comes from knowing. And when God spoke, that's His covenant oath, sworn in the blood of Jesus. And Jesus in, go to, go to Hebrews 7. You know how long it would take me to get through all that I have shared, I have here to share? But we're just following the Spirit here. Jesus in Hebrews 7, verse number 22, we read from the previous verses that He was made uh, the high priest over the new covenant. We, we know quite a bit some of those things. Anyway, uh, the Lord God swore, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, verse number 21. By so much, in other words, by God's oath and by Him swearing, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better covenant testament. That means, the word surety means guarantee. Jesus is the guarantee of the new covenant. So when you come in the name of Jesus, presenting all that He is, everything's guaranteed. It's not a sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe, all that. All that religious stuff. You gotta, if you want to really have a successful prayer life, throw out religion and, and get washed from all the devil's condemnation and shame, and you'll be a bold comer. That's who gets answers. Bold people get answers. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So presenting all that He is. When a believer is in Christ and they ask in the name of Jesus, they're asking as presenting all that Jesus is, not, not we, the ones that are praying are. God will do it for us because of who He is because of the standing that Jesus has. And we're in Him, so the standing that we have. You realize that's what that's saying. And so we get into it because we are in Him. We're made one with Him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit, the Bible says. 
The standing we have with God is because of the standing Jesus has. We have it because we're in Him. When we say, when, when you say you can't uh, pray from that kind of standing before God, the place of authority, in other words, that's a, place of, that's a place of rights and a place where you're authorized to ask some things. When you say you can't do that and stand in that place of authority, it reveals you're dealing with sin consciousness, which the blood was shed to rid you of. There ought not, you ought not live with an iota of it. No shame, no guilt. Somebody said, I missed it. Okay, get it back under the blood. Get it back under the blood. And if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All means all. Look it up. It means all. Cleanse us from all. You should not be walking around with a sense of guilt, shame, inferiority, being held out, being with no rights. You should have a sense of acceptance, belonging. He's my father. I can come boldly. The blood has been applied. Not only am I accepted, my request is accepted. When I come based on the terms of the covenant and I come through Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if you can't do that boldly, you're dealing with sin consciousness. And the devil keeps reminding you of failures and mistakes and things you've missed it in the past in in order to keep you weak in faith. That's his, that's his mode of operation, to keep you weak in faith, to keep you from reaching up boldly and say, thank you, Father. You understand? Righteousness, well, let's back up. Sin and sin consciousness makes cowards of men. Righteousness and righteousness consciousness makes men bold before the throne of grace. In fact, sometimes when a man starts getting over into the Spirit with the knowledge of his rights and, his bold, and he acts bold in the presence of God, led by the Spirit to that place of authority, before God standing as one without guilt and shame, whom God cannot find a fault in, when you get there and you start praying and asking, you're asking some things that will absolutely alarm your brain. You'll come out of there and your mind will go, whoa, wait, whoa, how did, why did I talk like that to God? You're just simply making your claim of faith on what He's provided. You find yourself praying in some ways, led by the Spirit into this place of standing that will absolutely startle your mind. I've said some things in God's presence sometimes that just startled me. Amen. About, I've said some things at the time this church was being greatly challenged. I've said some things to God about this church. I said, God, you raised up this church. This is your plan. This was not my plan. And if you can't put it over, I won't put it over. And so I'm just going to lean back, ha, 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 and just watch you put it over. You said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So I'm going hunting. That's just another way of saying I'm casting the care of it over on you. I'm taking it off of my mind, putting it in your hands. You said you would build the church. Ha, 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 ha. Praise God. If you were aware of your righteousness, faith would flow at flood tide. It would flow at flood tide. The Bible says there's a certain way righteous people pray. It's James 5.16. The effectual, fervent 
prayer of a righteous man avails much. King James says avails much. Makes tremendous power available. The righteous pray the power down. They don't sit back and say, well, God, if you want to do something, do it. If you don't, you don't. No, you get before God and you say, now, God, you said this. And you just hold it before him until the power falls on him. Hallelujah. 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 All effective prayer is done from a position of authority before God. It reveals that the place is revealed in his word. It's a position of righteousness where we're accepted to rule. Listen, we're, we are accepted by him to rule and reign on his behalf and in his stead in this earth. We are under him carrying out his will. And that means saying no to some things that the devil's doing. And it also means laying hold of the, the, the things God said would be so. And that's what I'm doing right now concerning this era. What, what do you mean era? I'm talking about a new era of the Word and the Spirit. Where like miracles where, we, where people in the previous generations have seen, plus way beyond it. Praise the Lord. Amen. This place is not a position of inferior, of an inferior one, but a position of one equal with him because he has raised up with him, us up with him, to sit with him in his seat of authority. In that place of acceptance, that exalted position given by God, we can act as he acts because we're sitting in his seat. Our prayer is from an exalted position, a position of privilege, and our position is waiting on our words in prayer. In that position, He gives us the say. We are invited to come boldly to the throne of grace and say, I know that He hears me always. I have access through the blood. I'm playing, praying from a place of acceptance. My request is based on His Word, and that's already accepted in His presence. His Word was spoken by Him. Listen, listen. God's words were spoken so they could be written, and they were written so they could be spoken back to Him. God made sure we had a copy of what he had in mind to do for us, and he had it written down so that he spoke it, and men wrote it down, and God wrote it down so we could speak it back to him. I said he wrote it down so we could speak it back to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. E.W. Kenyon said, prayer is like a mirror on the earth reflecting God's word back to him. He sees himself in his own word. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Well, when we bring God His Word, He sees Himself. He's, oh, yeah, I said that. I said that. To deny it, He'd have to deny Himself. See, are you getting that? That's going to sink in some, some of you about 2 o'clock this morning when you wake up. When you bring his word, it's, it, he sees himself in his word. And whenever he, we bring his word, he sees himself. If he denies that, he's denying himself. And that he would make a liar of himself. So it's not like we're twisting his arm. It's just we're, we're reminding him of what he said. Now, if he didn't want to do it, he shouldn't have said it. But see, that's why he did say it, because he does want to do it. Ringy-dingy. We got to get, become boldly with that kind of confidence. 
come boldly with that kind of confidence. The, the flesh will tell you, I've made so many mistakes, you know. I just can't pray from that kind of place of boldness. I just don't have that kind of authority with God. You know, I can't do that. Why not? See, you're basing it on you. We already, we already dealt with that. Yes, you can. You just can't do it on your merits. We all understand our own merits. Forget it. But we can do it, and we come boldly and can come boldly on His merits, presenting all that He is. He perfectly pleased you. Father, He's accepted by you as the mediator between God and men. I come through Him. Somebody said, but I haven't been perfect. <laughs> okay, who in the human race has? If anybody was per- if, if prayer was based on being perfect and getting answers to prayer is based on being perfect, then none of us are going to ever get answers to prayer. So forget it. Just forget it. Just forget it. Get it under the blood and deal with the sin consciousness that the devil's always yakety yak. You know, realize that whenever you go to the throne of grace, the devil goes too. What? Now, I don't know. That's in the Bible. Well, you just need to know your Bible better. You remember in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 10 and 11? Or 11 and 12? The accuser of the brethren accuses them. Go over there. Go over there. Oh, I'm trying to hurry, but see, sometimes we've got to slow down. Make sure we're not get, things aren't getting past us. So go there to Revelation 12. Did I say 12? Revelation 12, verses uh, 10 and 11. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of His Christ for the accuser of our brethren. Notice that's the term for Satan. Boy, have you ever found out that's what he's out there doing? Accusing you, accusing us, we're the brethren. Accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God, before our God, day and night. Where, do they, where does he accuse them? He's just accusing you. Huh? He's accusing you when you go before God. Oh, no, wait, well, let me say that again, some of you. I wish I had time to go through all the before God verses in the New Testament. Remember, Abraham confessed he was the father of many nations before him whom he believed. He went before God. Faith is to be exercised before Him. I hear some people's faith confession, and they're not saying it for, for, uh, to, for, for God as if God's the one hearing it. They're saying it so everybody else can hear it. They're not the ones that are honoring your faith. He's the one that's honoring your faith. You can tell by some people's confession. They're just saying it for everybody else. He's the, it's before Him. It's before Him. So they, but anyway, somebody said, I thought you were talking about prayer. What's confession have to do with it? Well, if you pray it, see, you can release, prayer, you can release faith by saying it or praying it. But if you do pray it, yes, you still have to say it. Yeah, that's true. Because when you say it, if you say something different than what you pray, you undo what you prayed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Did God hear you? Oh, I don't know. I just haven't seen it yet. Well, see, you're undoing what you prayed by what you say. You understand? You notice those verses we talked about, come, come boldly and so forth. It talks about hold fast the confession of your faith right in the middle of all that. See, that's bringing God's Word to him. Anyway, so Satan accuses us before our God night and day. I'm almost done. i got to quit. Before our God. Notice it's before our God. 
When you go before your God to plead your case in prayer and to lay claim on His blessings that belong to you, Satan comes to oppose you by bringing an argument against you as a prosecuting attorney would in a court before a judge. You go to prayer, and he's like, well, who do you think you are to pray? I mean, just the way you talked to your wife yesterday. And he starts coming. See, what? See, it's just not you going to God. He comes to accuse you before God and try to tell you God's not going to hear you. But see, that's what the blood's all about. That's what the blood's all about, to deal with that accusing voice. The blood is applied in two places. It's applied on the mercy seat in heaven. Jesus, remember, he took his blood up there and applied it, but also it's applied to your conscience. The blood of bulls and goats could not purge the conscience, but the blood of Jesus cleansed and purged our conscience from dead work. That means all our past filthy wrong things we did. So it's already applied in heaven. You make sure, and, and, and that accusing voice that's trying to lie to you out here, you make sure it doesn't, you know, you don't let that voice yakety yak yak. You answer it with the blood. You answer it with the blood. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, answer it with the blood. Amen. What you say to his accusations determines whether you receive your rights or not. Because he's trying to get you to wimp away and, and back out and say, oh, I guess I never have been able to pray. I guess God won't hear. See, he wants you to limp out of the throne room. He told you to go boldly, and so you came in boldly until that voice came. We've all been there. How many of you have been there? And, and, then, and then that voice just starts getting us. It just, it just tries to take the legs out of our faith. That's what, see, that's the main enemy of, con, of uh, faith is condemnation. You're going to have to answer that accusing voice. Amen. Say the same thing that the blood says. How do you overcome him? Verse 11, they overcame him. Who's him? The accuser. That whenever you go to God in prayer, it keeps telling you, well, no, you can't talk to God. You've done this. You've done that. God won't hear you. That voice. They overcome that voice by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They love not their lives unto the death. So answer that accusing voice with the blood in your testimony. Say something about the blood. Show some faith in the blood. Present some faith to God in the blood. And stand your ground in his presence. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because you have a right to be there. You have a right to lay claim to the promises of God. You have a right to say, by his stripes I'm healed and I'm laying claim to it. You may, uh, God, watch over, God watches over his word to perform it. And you can require the Lord by basting your prayer request on the authority of his own word. And he will hear you and respond. Somebody said, well, I can't make God do anything. See, it's already his idea. That's the point. You're not making him do anything. You're just simply laying, making claim. It's, 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 I call it a requisition kind of praying. You're just putting in a requisition. He's already laid some things up in store for you. You're just putting in the requisition. It's not like you're trying to get him to do something he never thought of or didn't have in mind or never. When you're basing it on the Word. Hallelujah. 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 If you're not getting answers to prayer, it's either because you don't know the word, the word uh, because how many of you know we ought to find scriptures that cover our situation that we're praying about, that promise us what we're praying for. 
as a solid foundation for faith. And when we know the word, we know we, we come bold when we know that word. We either don't know the word concerning our situation, or we don't know our rights to come in this position of authority. We have to know both of that because the word of God reveals both of them to us, doesn't it? Hallelujah. I don't know about you. This, this is making me uh, strengthen in my prayer life. Our acceptance in the beloved is not just the acceptance of our person. It's the acceptance of our request from this place of covenant. Amen. Amen. Now write these two references down. We'll wrap this up. John 15, 15, John 15, 6 and 7. John 15, 6 and 7. Sometimes we, well, can I turn to it? Would you give me another minute? I I wanted to uh, close, but it's just too hot on the fire to, to not share this right now. John 15, look at verse, this verse 7 is one we always go to, but back up to verse 6, and uh, remember he talks about bringing forth much fruit in verse 5, then verse 6, John 15, 6, if a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Notice that that passage is cast forth as a branch. Verse number 6, if a man doesn't abide in me. Well, that's also talking about his prayer. It'll be thrown out. Because the next verse is talking about prayer. If we abide in him, our prayer is not cast out. Did you catch that? Some of you, the lights went on and you're like, oh, I never saw that. I never saw that. I hadn't either. The Lord showed that to me. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, you just write this verse down. If you, if you got a pencil, uh, oh, now it's not in front of me. But uh, also go over here to John 6, verse number 37. I'll look for this reference. There is a reference I'm trying to find here. You're going to John 6. I'm almost done. Tell your neighbor, he's almost done. There's a verse in Proverbs that says if a prayer is not based on his word, It'll be an abomination to him. I have thought I had the reference. But anyway, you can find that. Maybe do some study on your own. But look at John 6, verse number 7. You still giving me one more minute here? Almost done. John 6. Look at verse number 7. 37. Excuse me. John, John 37. I had a typo there. It says, All that the Father hath given me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Him that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. Somebody said, if somebody comes for salvation, he won't cast them out. Sure, absolutely. That's what he's talking about. But why would that change after we're saved? Remember, we're talking about coming to him. We're talking about coming to him. Now that I'm saved, is sometimes, am I going to sometimes be cast out? Don't look at me with that wonder, wonderment look on your face. We got, we got a right standing before him. If I have right standing, will I be cast out? Anybody? Any, come on. Answer. How about over in this section? Anybody? No. Okay. No. So when, I, when he said, all who come to me, I will no wise cast out. Sure, whenever we come for salvation. Absolutely. But how many of you know that doesn't change after we get saved? That's right. That's right. All these things we've already said from the Word, they, they all indicate that, no, we won't be cast out. That means if we come, since, since our prayer won't be, since we won't be cast out, then our request won't come, be cast out. And therefore, we won't do without, especially when we come in faith. 
I mean, remember Romans, Romans 10, 11, he that believeth will not be ashamed. We're given a lot of verses we don't normally talk about. But he that believeth shall not be ashamed. Well, believe on Jesus initially for salvation? Absolutely. But it didn't limit it to that. He that believeth shall not be ashamed. If I believe on him based on his word and his covenant and come to receive and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need, if I believe on that and I come to make my claim, I'll not be ashamed. The word ashamed means disgraced, put to the blush. Amen. So if I come in faith, I will not be cast out. I won't do without. Isn't that right? I'll obtain and not be ashamed. I won't be sent away empty-handed, in other words. I feel like a lawyer tonight pleading my case. There's so much religion around prayer. There's so much religion that people, they just kind of, oh, I ask, I don't know, we'll see. No, that's, you'll not be ashamed. Not ashamed. Come on, step out in boldness. Once you get established on what, what is your rights and privileges and come into this place of, of authority, Amen. I have a standing before you, the right to lay claim on these promises or these, these, these verses or what I'm seeing from the Word here. And then don't back out. Don't, don't give it up. Don't say, well, I prayed. It doesn't seem like nothing happened. No, don't. No, just keep bringing, the God, bringing it to God day in, day out. Father, I just want to thank you. I asked according to your will. I want to thank you that you heard me. I want to thank you that if I know I heard you, that, that you heard me, I know I have the petition. So I have that petition. Thank you that you granted it. Thank you. Thank you. I got it. It's mine. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I just want to worship you for it. And just keep holding the devil in the arena of faith. Yakety, yak, yak. You hold him in the arena of faith. You hold him in the arena of faith. You'll whoop him when you hold him in the arena of faith. That accusing voice is trying to get you out of the arena of faith and get you to give it up. Some of you prayed things years ago and left go of it. Why don't you go back and get it? Why don't you go back and get it? Go back and get it. Hallelujah. God's, God's been good to Pastor Debbie and I, but one thing we've learned to do is just stick with it. I was looking at some things today. I was looking over some notes um, on the dream we've had about the house we're building years ago. And that, that, that note was eight years old. We've been just sticking with it, just sticking with it, just sticking with it. And the dream was way before that. But we just stick with it, just stick with it, just stick with it. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know what Scripture I would stand on. Well, then do without. <laughs> oh, that didn't go over real good, but anyway. Get in the Word. Find, find, find some things. Remember years, well, over the last couple of years, I've shared a couple of times on where God has a place for each one of us, a, a place on the planet he, has, he, he wants us to enjoy. We've looked at those verses. When He gave them Israel, gave Israel Canaan's land, He had that in mind for His people. He's got a place in mind for you. Stand with me to your feet. Hallelujah. 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 How many bold comers do I have here tonight? Come boldly. Come boldly. Make it a lifestyle of going to God. First thing, whenever something comes up, first thing you do, Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus. 
I remind you and I remind myself of your word. Amen. And whenever, and, and specific about the situation you're going through. And uh, when you bring his word to him, he'll see himself in that word. If I brought a mirror tonight and I held it up in front of Matt, he'd see himself. That's what you're doing to God. You're holding up his word. And he looks at it and said, oh, that's me. I see, I see myself. <laughs> I said that. So it's nothing really to do with you as much as it is to what he said. That's, that's the big deal. What did he say? And, and I have a right to be here because of the blood of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah! If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.